Hello everyone, my name is Brandon McAdam and I'm in English 1121. I'd like to welcome you all to a session that we as one can take in and understand so we can speak for those who haven't had a voice and has experienced this in New York through low-income communities caused by gentrification. What has been happening for a while now and hasn't been really focused on is housing displacements. Now when it comes to gentrification, it is made up to be the process of renovating and improving a house or district so that it can comply with middle-class tastes and be made to retrofit people's daily lives. But when it comes to housing displacements caused by gentrification, it's the phenomenon of affluent folks moving into less wealthy neighborhoods, renovating new homes, and attracting new businesses. In the process of this occurring, property values increases, rents go up, and poor neighborhood residents are displaced. Studies have shown that residential displacements may disrupt existing social ties. It starts to increase stress and reduce social economic resource availability. These changes have been associated with adverse health conditions. So that can lead to pharmaceutical places being further, grocery stores being further, transportation being further, and jobs being further leading to adverse health outcomes through stress and other underlying health conditions. When it comes to displacements, it happens in various ways. There's direct displacement when residents are forced to move because of rent increases or building renovations. There's exclusionary displacements when a housing choice for low-income residents are, re are limited. There's displacement pressure and when supports and services that low-income families rely on disappear from the neighborhood. There are a growing number of low-income neighborhoods that are occupied predominantly by people of color and have gentrified in recent decades. Although most have remained through low income, rent control policies must be implemented to avoid these negative consequences. If these are implemented, to avoid these negative consequences, there should be things starting off by rent controls. So they are not tied to specific residents and there's no way to ensure that these people who are the landlords are benefiting from the people most in need. There are many examples of higher income and even wealthy people benefiting from these rent controls. Extremely while low income people remain in homeless or on housing assistance for waiting lists. Secondly, landlords and developers regularly attack rent control laws, meaning they spike it so that strong advocates' rights coalition is needed to ensure proper enforcement and advise renters on seeking legal action. Third, landlords often argue that legal cap on residents leave them with too little income to repair for maintenance. So rent control policies must be paired with enforceable building standards or come up with other compromises so that people are able to live there comfortably. Gentrification will always happen, but gentrification needs to happen in a way where it could equate everybody's living lifestyle and accommodate everybody in a positive way. There will always be a pros and cons when it comes to anything. But if it's something that we as one can help one another, it will improve everybody's living conditions.
My name is Brandon McAdam, and I thank you all for listening to this podcast. I hope this is very informing, and it speaks to you in a way that can help others who are struggling right now in low-income communities.